What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solik, and Craig Porlbeck. Rounds two and three are over. And I know they're over because the 49ers just took a kicker and that is when the third round should end automatically. Just that's where it cuts <laughs> off. This draft absolutely rips. There have been <laughs> wow about as many trades as I could yeah. ever remember. Um, Craig is just distraught that the Warriors are going to game seven, but the rest of us are just thrilled about this draft and we're just going to go through Honestly, we're just doing vibes. Like, we're just going to do the vibes out of day two. Honestly, day three of the draft begins at, like, noon on Saturday. So we're you're, you're just getting, like, our raw, unfiltered thoughts on the things that either we thought were hilarious or somewhat distressful. Going, But honestly, I think there was just a lot of good vibes today. So we're just going to do it. Weird and draft. It, it's a very weird draft. I Honestly, part of me wants you guys to just draft the topics. The I don't even know where to begin. We could start with Will Levis to Tennessee. I don't know if that's kind of a down or not. DK, I'm going to let you pick. Do you want to start with Will no, Levis? No, we got to start with Will Levis because this All was right. the biggest story of day one. Technically, so. he was the first pick of the second round. If you consider the 32nd pick, Joey Porter Jr. being, you know, a first round pick. Who Jordan Porter Jr. go to, Craig? Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I got to say, this might be the best. I mean, we've only been doing the show for like, is this the third year we've done the NFL draft show? Sure. Best draft for our collective teams combined, right? Giants, Seahawks, Steelers, Eagles. This is the best co- combined draft for our squad. I'm sorry. Are you unfamiliar with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith? <laughs> are, it, what? It is true that all of our teams have done <laughs> very well. The best he draft. said Eagles. He said, oh, I've you're never saying, heard of you're them. You're saying 2023 is the best draft for, for all, all of our teams combined. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were saying the Steelers draft was the best among all drafts. And I was like, sir, I'll introduce you to the Bulldogs. Yes, I agree. We're doing great. We're sober. We actually are. I don't want to imply that we're not. <laughs> First of all, what's this wee shit? Craig has just watched the Warriors like lose, and I think it broke his brain. Yeah, he was actually quite sad. I asked him if he needed a hug. He was just sitting over it, like away from everybody for literally like 30 minutes after the game ended. Just Craig, just head just, down. Just look look at the Steelers draft class and and, and feel better. Know. Know, know that everything is going to be all right. In the all world. good things come to an end. All right? That's what I'm learning. 
I just got to be a big boy about it. Game seven and sack. We're going to get smoked. Let's let's start with the Steelers because that will get Craig's. No, no, we should start yeah. with Levis to Tennessee, right? We no, you it. already no, you already took the attention and like you know what? No, it's fine. Like we're going to start <laughs> the Steelers. Like clearly you need to, like a little pick me up. But we're just going to do it. Joey Porter Jr. Jr. Joey, I just well, that was weird. I just added a junior. Joey Porter Jr. Going to the Steelers is the most Pittsburgh shit ever. And as someone who's dating a girl from Pittsburgh, th- like this is flex. every Sick party in Pittsburgh. Bag. Congrats on the sack. Yeah, flex. <laughs> I wonder why you wanted to the, start with the Steelers conversation. Well, I, I was hoping actually that her family would listen to this, but now I kind of don't want to share. <laughs> so I don't know what to do. Uh, wow. What a, okay. Well, all right, girlfriend's out. family. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. Uh, He's shaking. Joey Porter Jr. I can't. But first of all, it's just that's such Steelers shit to just get Joey Porter mm-hmm. Jr. at the exact moment they need a cornerback. And then you got Darnell Washington. Craig, are you are you still this bummed? No, I mean I think the Steelers did a fantastic job. My 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 move during the draft is to just the second a team drafts a player, I just go to DK's big board. And I'm like, where did they land? And looking at Broderick Jones and Joey Porter, like both being in DK's top 17 or something, uh, top 20, made me very happy. And then Darnell Washington, who was like a literal alien, who I guess had a, a, a bad uh, medical report, yeah. falls to us. I'm I'm super stoked about that. I wanted to ask you guys, why is it that we don't know, we, we can never know about the medical reports before the draft? Like, why is it always like, yeah. this guy's falls? I think it's the law. But like... What really? is it? <laughs> sometimes it gets leaked. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. The other is, thing is really is like, like the simple way to say it. Yeah. The other thing is it's not like there's one holy doctor who lives on top of a mountain who the players go up to him and they evaluate the, this. This one doctor evaluates the player and goes, you will be healthy. You will be not healthy. And then gives that information to the 32 teams. Each team's doctors evaluates each player individually. And so like take Osiris Torrance or like Washington as an, as an example. Washington was medically evaluated by 32 teams. You could have had 20 of those teams come through and say, there is no chance we're drafting this player. We are as certain as we can be that he's going to have long-term health problems. And then the 12 remaining teams go, eh, he's probably you know going to deal with knee injuries for his career, but he could still have a good five, seven years. And right. they, have, they have different scopes, different tests, different theories on how ligaments heal. They have different procedures. I don't know how medicine works, but you have varying opinions. And so like we knew coming into the draft like, there was a report a week before the draft. Some teams have medically flagged Darnell Washington. That could mean four teams have knocked him down around. It could mean 28 teams have taken him off their board. Unless we get, like, more specifics, we don't know. And so that's why you have guys fall medically when other guys who also have medical concerns don't fall. Like, Sam Laporta was like, oh, Sam Laporta, because some teams have flagged him medically. He went, like, 35. Same with Kincaid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if 20 teams, like like you just said, like, if you're like, oh, like, 20 teams could have looked at his you know, whatever, his medical situation and said, we're good. Isn't it surprising that not one of those leaked? Like, what, like 20 teams, like, said, we're good on Darnell Washington. We don't trust his long-term health. And that didn't leak once? Well, it did leak. Yeah. We'd, we had heard about it a little bit. Like, we'd heard whispers of, you know, he's off a couple teams. Boards. Okay. okay. So, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes the guy's, like, got a medical flag, and it means that he's going to fall around. And sometimes the guy has a medical flag. Like, Carson Strong last year in Nevada. Remember we were talking about Carson Strong, the quarterback? We were like, well, some teams are worried about his knee. And then he just, like, wasn't drafted. Yeah. And it was like, every team was like, yeah, because his knee doesn't work. Like, there's just, the thing is, like, there's just a scale with it. And, and we don't get a ton of the information. So, like, you have Darnell Washington. You have Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida, who obviously ended up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who would, no, Buffalo Bills. Bills. The Bills, yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, good pick. Torrance was a guy who had a medical fall. Uh, we're trying to wonder and figure out if Adetami Adabare has a medical problem. The edge of Northwestern, who mm-hmm. like, me and DK both thought could be an end-of-the-round-one selection. He has not been selected yet. Um, uh, Will Levis, right? Chris Morrison's like, oh, the turf dough. Some teams are worried about the turf dough. Does that really matter? Probably not. Did it maybe matter for a couple of teams? Absolutely. So you just have, you have uh, shades of gray in terms of some of the medical issues with these guys. And that defines a lot of the surprising falls on day two. Yeah. And the medical stuff's really complicated with Will Levis because as we've discussed... A lot of the pesticides uh, in the growing process for free ends up in the peels. <laughs> and so when that you was, eat that the was peels, a self-alley-oop. He yeah. threw that thing off the glass, man. That was to himself. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, that's why he's so vascular. It's his, blood, his blood vessels are under attack yeah. from all the pesticides. But Will Levis, like, the fact that Tennessee was rumored to be trading up to, to the third pick for Arizona and then got to 11 and then they let... They just didn't take Will Levis. They just took Skronsky. And then they just st- stay in the second round, and they just wait till the second round. DK, how do you feel about Will Levis landing in Tennessee in the second round? Like, I, I don't even know what to make of it at this point. I don't know either. It, you know, I had them. I had him mocked to the Titans, I believe, in my mock draft in the first round. So, obviously, the team fit makes sense. Um, from what You compared the, him to Tannehill, right, Ben? Yeah, yeah. That, that was both of our comp, actually. And you, I think we talked about he's a little bit like, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, there's but, Kirk, there's Stafford, there's Wentz. But like if you wanted like just one player's name, he was largely a Tannehill. Tall, yeah, forgettable so that, white guy. Ryan Tannehill Levis. I mean, stylistically, they're very similar. Both athletic, both have good arms, strong arms and pretty accurate, but, you know, limited in some ways and probably never going to be like an elite player. But um, for the Titans, it's, it's tough because it's not a great landing spot for him. They're sort of a rebuilding team. They don't have a lot yeah. of weapons around him. They're they're rebuilding their offensive line. It does help that they got Skaronsky first and then came back and got him, of course. Tough um, beat from Malik Willis. Yeah. I mean, the, no. he's going to be the, traded the, at this the, point. The Tennessee, Malik, yeah. the Tennessee Titans don't worry. They're not too concerned about Malik Willis. I don't, I'm not sure I agree. Rebels hated him yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. I'm not sure I agree it's a bad landing spot. Like, I, I hear even the sense of, like, the poor weapons and the poor offensive line. But I think Tannehill is going to start most of the games this year, right? They're going to have at least another year to, like, yeah. Make the bed for Levis when it's when it's time for him to kind of take over and like, you know, kind of help set the foundation. And also, like, obviously, like they've had offensive staff turnover, right? Like when Tanhill was good there, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator and then Todd Downing took the job and now he doesn't have it. And it's Tim Kelly. And so, like, absolutely, it's the case that uh, it's not like, like the guys who really made the offense work in terms of the coaching staff and the schematics of it are still there. But this team has been defined by Tannehill's toughness in the pocket his arm strength over the middle of the field, his accuracy and his size, his scramble ability, his tackle-breaking ability. Like, that's what's defined the Titans' offense over the last five years. That's what Will Levis brings. So like, I think like they look at him and they go, like, oh, we know how to win with a quarterback like this. We know how to build around a quarterback like this. If Rabel's going to watch him and go, like, I know how this plays and, and, and I know what I need to do to build around this. Now, what's critical is this. If Will Levis was the third overall pick to the Tennessee Titans, as Hyvitz brought up, they were trying to trade up with the Cardinals, maybe it was for Levis. Then he's coming in with the, the expectation that he could win the starting job. Right. He's coming in with, with they traded up and he was an early first round pick. Well, some of the conversation around Levis is about personality concerns. Now he's the 34th overall pick. You're going to come in and it's going to be presumed you're sitting. Yeah. And you have to handle that and deal with that correctly. You, you cannot uh, have a, a false step, a bad first impression in the locker room coming in as a second round quarterback behind an established guy who is loved there in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill is loved in the locker room. And so Levis, and obviously Levis backed up Sean Clifford in Penn State and then eventually, you know, transferred away. And so he's been a backup before. But how Levis handles being a backup relative to his expectation entering this week, which was to be a first-round pick and be a starter, that is critical for his career. Again, like Ryan Tannehill comps, but also Carson Wentz comps. 
Carson Wentz could not handle the ups and downs of being an NFL quarterback, the tough realities of the job. So it's a huge, huge thing for Levis now that he's in Tennessee and presumably that he's going to sit on the bench in week one. Can I give you a quick take, Purge? You're talking about him handling adversity and handling sitting on the bench. Is it bad that I judge him for leaving the draft? Is that like a bad thing that I'm doing? Uh, we were watching the draft with Bill and with Van Lathan. And when they learned Will Levis left the draft, they were like, oh, so he is bad. And I was like, <laughs> all right. There it is. Did he actually leave the draft? I saw yes. conflicting yeah. reports. He was not in this. the green room for round two. I mean, okay. he didn't go up on stage. Yeah. Did he know that Tennessee was going to pick him? You think? Like, like this morning when he got up, did he know Tennessee was going to pick him? I don't think so. No. Do you think yeah. if he knew he would have gone? He mm, said maybe. like a month ago in an interview that if he thought he was going to be a second round pick, he would not have attended the draft because Oy. he, and this is yeah. his words. I don't <laughs> want to be the guy on the cameras all day. <laughs> and Malik Willis also left the draft, but Malik Willis was asked about it. He said, I didn't have a second suit. I don't want to get, you don't want to get too wrapped up in the like who stayed, who attended, how did they look walking up thing. But man, when Brian Branch was walking up after the Lions picked up in round two. Just jeans. Just, just right. First yeah, year. like a bomber. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Looking fashionable still, but also like stoic face. Like not like angry, like, you know, still like respectful and everything, but kind of like, all right, this is my walk. This is what I wanted. I'm a Detroit Lion. I was like, all right, see you, Brian. Branch. Also, when Keon White got picked by the Patriots, because he was also invited to yeah. the green room and then fell, obviously. He mm. fell to the second round, middle second round. He looked so mad. Yeah, he looked so upset. He two, looked pissed. The day two green room guys should be like a group we should follow through the season just right? to see, you know? Yeah. The chip, chip on the shoulder. The chip. I, like. I think this is the new money ball. Piss day, guys off. Day two green room. Yeah. The guys, you should just immediately trade for the people who were very mad. But the speaking of Brian Branch, the Lions are just America's team. They're back. It's it's like, it's, you know <laughs> they're what? They're back. chaotic. But like, this is insane. So like, you had a great tweet where you're like, the Lions had a perfect draft, but like out of order. And I, it's just insane. So they got Hendon Hooker. So they got the quarterback that some people thought they would take in round one. They got him in round three. They got Brian Branch, who's like a like a perfect defensive back for them. They took Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa, over Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. It, it, this is just mm -hmm. all chaotic. Can Solak do the actual order that would make the most sense? Like if, he, yeah. if we had done this order, we'd probably be giving them like a B plus. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so for for the record, for the... For the purposes of the Ringer NFL Draft Show, with the 12th overall pick, the Detroit Lions selected Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. Solid. A little early. Ball player. A little Ball early. Player. A little early, yeah. but I understand why. Quick, right? quick grade on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. B plus. Okay. Yeah. Now, with the 18th pick, Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. Okay. okay. That's fine. Grade. A little early, but, Back to you back know. Crimson Tide players. Right. But this is more so the Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne range. So yes. So this makes like, some sense. Okay. Nice. 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 Towards the back end of the first round, that's like, fine. B minus? Yeah. yeah. Gets that fifth-year option. Okay, yeah. cool. With, with the 34th overall pick, top of the second round, Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa. Oh, this makes a lot of sense. This was exactly where I expected them to pick him. Second round. Yeah. Okay. He's got a yak ability. Yeah. He's tough. He's physical. He's going to take a hunk out of your kneecaps. Yeah, the second round, 45th overall pick, the Detroit Lions select Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa. Exactly where I would have put him. Nice. Yeah. You know? A great spot for Jack Campbell, right? Middle linebacker. Right? Start he's, got, he's got some, you know, he's got some... Maybe liability, like he's a little bit of a liability. Like sure. he's, he's, he's a role he's, player. Yeah, what's but, what's yeah. the grade on Campbell at forty five? That's like a you know that's a B. solid B. Yeah, okay. it's all yeah. solid B stuff. And all then right. at sixty eight they go Hendon Hooker, which I would like to say for the record, how many times I had to talk on podcast about Hendon Hooker in round one, and how <laughs> how how crazy he's that mad drove about me. It. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, what do you think about Hendon Hooker in the first round? Oh, but Hendon Hooker might slip in the first round. Ben, tell us what you think about Hendon Hooker. And the whole time I was like, we can't be doing this. This can't be real, right? And then he goes 68 overall, which is a perfectly acceptable place for a player like Hendon Hooker to go. 
And this is why the draft process sucks and it needs to be shortened and there needs to be fewer <laughs> podcasts and we should be stopped and nobody should be allowed to talk about these prospects because Hendon Hooker always should have just been like an early round three developmental quarterback. And we talked ourselves, Mike Tannenbaum's putting him at five overall in March. This is the problem with the draft process. This was always a great spot for Hooker. It's, it's a great landing spot for Hooker. I've been calling Hooker a lion for four months because he's big and he's old and he's injured and he makes sense for them. Great fit. Like, I, I want it known. I am so perfectly, acceptably pleased with Hendon Hooker at 68 overall alliance. It's, so it's totally aggressively fine. fine. Yes. Yeah. It's just like, we build up these massive expectations. His teammate, Jalen Hyatt, another one, we build up these expectations for these players that makes it like difficult to talk about them in a positive light as it was for Hooker for four months. And then they go really where they should go. And now it's great. I can already see Hooker being the type of player who in like three years comes in for like an injured quarterback and it's like kind of good and like wins the game, comes back, they win by three. Jacoby Brissett on the Colts with luck. Yeah, right, and everyone's right. like, is this guy solid? And then like he gets a starting job and he's kind of not that good and he's just kind of in that middle, middle <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. He's yeah. always been what, what's what's like the, like it's Ohio, it's Ohio, it's always has been meme with the astronauts, right? Like right, in space. right, right, right. It's always been Jacoby Brissett. He's yeah. just always been Jacoby Brissett. Better than a backup and not good enough to be a starter. Just yeah, like yeah. in no man's land. It's also worth just remarking very quickly on the Lions. And then at pick 96, they took a 335-pound nose tackle out of Western Kentucky that everybody thought was going to go in round seven. They traded up. They, yeah. they, I think they, I and, believe they traded multiple picks and, to move up and get and, a, a right. nose they've, tackle. They've been trading every single pick. They've been moving back. They've been moving up. They get 96 overall to take a massive Conference USA nose tackle. They cut to the Detroit Lions war room. And what do we see? <laughs> we see Dan Campbell dapping. and Brad Holmes yeah. just bro-hugging with increasing violence every single time. Because of <laughs> just more back thumps, just stabbing each other, elbowing each other, just manhood all over the place. <laughs> Dan Campbell wearing the biggest button-down shirt you've ever seen in your life. Four XL. Craig, you mentioned that, you mentioned baggy jeans are coming back and, and Dan Campbell is he's headlining I don't headlining think he's doing it shit. for the fashion. I think that's comfort only. <laughs> they have at the back of the JC war room, Penny. they have at the back of the war room a massive lion and painted onto the wall with bright blue eyes. Because I'm a Leo. Don't yeah. know how I feel about it. <laughs> Sim symbolism. That really happened, though. The, the Lions are deranged. There's somebody in my DMs way. for the entire second round of the NFL draft screaming at me to be nice to the Lions because they're drafting players that I like. So for that guy, I forget what your name is. Good draft for Lions. Yeah, they just did it out of order. Um, remember, what was that guy's name on Reddit who thought uh, Levis was going to? The sale agreeable. What's, what's he up to right now? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's recasting Batman. Just Homer, like, How's his day going? sinking back into the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> My work here is done. He's just Shams. He's like, yeah, I'm actually a bad. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Fuck it. Found Shams' burner. Uh, speaking of NFC North, the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers, like dumping Aaron Rodgers off, and then just going and getting two tight ends and a receiver in the second round is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And it's basically <laughs> like the hot wow. girl summer for football. Yeah, dude. Okay, so Luke Musgrave in the second round, their first uh, first second round pick. Tight end. Tight end out of Oregon State. Their second second round pick, Jaden Reed, Michigan State, who Solak and I both love. And mm -hmm. then in the third round, they picked another tight end, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits. The wrong SDSU. Right. So now they've get, they're getting all these weapons. I love this for uh, uh, Jordan Love. This is a classic thirst trap Instagram after you break up with a, like a long term right. relationship. Yeah. It's like getting in shape. So I think like I think Tiger Craft is a great player for them early. I think Craft is a good yards after the catch. He's good design stuff. He's a really really good blocker. So you can use him as like a, an already understood and established part of the weapon of the running game, which you're going to rely on heavily in this offense usually, and certainly now that you have Jordan Love at quarterback. Musgrave is the guy where like. Okay, like maybe the first eight weeks, like, you know, he gets a touchdown, he gets explosive, whatever. 
I think Musgrave after after a few more games, after some time in the NFL, like Musgrave is the dude is like a downfield threat, explosive threat, a creation, like mm-hmm. win over the seam, win over the middle of the field, contested catch, catch outside of the radius. Like Musgrave is a really high ceiling player. Musgrave was hard for me to grade because I just loved him. And I was like, oh, he's injured, and he's inexperienced, and he can't like him too much right. as a tight end. But he was just so sick. He was so fun to watch. It's a huge projection yeah. with him because, like you said, he had been injured for most of his last season. Mm-hmm. I think he only played two games. He was very productive in those two games. He was their leading receiver. But again, it's just like, it, can this guy stay healthy, number one? And number two is like, yeah, that's a small sample to, to work with. And so uh, I comped him to Tyler Eifert. He's got like length, athleticism. This is the guy who played four sports in, college, in, in high school. Four. Track lacrosse, skiing, Ooh. and football. Alpine skiing I really, champion. I was praying you were going to be like, wait, what was the fourth sport? <laughs> I almost I was, I was setting up. Our, I was like, hey, Danny, guess what it was? Football. It'd be cool if it wasn't football. Right. And yeah. you're like, and baseball. Um, so, yeah, this is an exciting one. I, and again, I really like Jaden Reed. He's yeah. very twitchy, fast, yards after the catch, can get deep. He's a great complement to what they have already. And um, Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dubs, and Jaden Reed, I'm forgetting other people, I'm sure. But yeah, like they, they've got a good little nucleus forming here. Yeah, and, and the Packers have drafted previous second-round wide receivers, right? Like it's been fun to, to poke in them for round one receivers. They drafted Devontae Adams, but he was 54. Randall Cobb was like 64. Or I think Adams was 53 regardless. And I will say, like, the Packers are very notorious for having height, weight, speed requirements. Like, they do not oh, yeah, take yeah. small players. Firstly, when we talked about Jaden Reed, we love D and I are both big Jaden Reed fans. We brought him up on the uh, the 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 name brand off brand podcast we did earlier in the season. One of the main things we said was like, this is a, one of those smaller receivers, a little bit more of a slot guy, yards after catch guy, but he's not super small like a lot of this class, right? He's just under five eleven, just under one ninety. So, firstly, this is the benefit of having a little bit more of that size, right? But even then, this player comes in under the usual height, weight, speed requirements for the Packers, which means one thing. They loved him. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to go outside of your parameters, outside of your guardrails for drafting, it means you really like the dude. And Reed was was rumored to be like a round three guy, and they took him at fifty. The Packers must be extremely high on Jaden Reed. I love Jaden Reed. I wouldn't be surprised if Reed is a huge part of their offense, a high volume player. Right, he's a much more consistent receiver than Christian Watson is, much more reliable three level player than Watson is. I think Reed is going to be hugely, hugely important to this team. Love the pick. Love the Packers approach. They do look like a frat house in terms of their draft picks right now with Luke Vaness, Tucker Craft, and 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 Luke Musgrave. Man, <laughs> they really it's 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 a lot of like backwards baseball caps and and flannels going on there in, in the Packers right now. I mean, they got a guy who's basically like Lucas Van Ness is kind of like a Clay Matthews clone. He's just from Iowa. The other tight ends from South Dakota State. The other tight end is an Alpine skier. <laughs> it's the whitest thing I've ever heard. But lacrosse slash alpine skier. <laughs> did you slash alpine skier? So, but the, uh, Heifetz, did you see the Bob McGinn uh, breakdown? The NFL personnel quotes on Bob McGinn. Oh uh, no! About what, Lucas what did he Van say? Ness. So for Van Ness, they uh, they they started doing like a, a comp thing for him. I'm trying to make sure I find it so I get it right. So they they go for the comps and they go. Uh, he had some traits like JJ Watt had. He's the mix of like kind of a Grant Winstrom. He's certainly more gifted than Aaron Campman in the Kyle Van Ban- uh, Kyle Vandenbosch <laughs> and Patrick Kernimore. Just listing as many <laughs> white defensive ends as they can find. Just classic. Everybody they can. Love it. So wait, while we're talking about Lucas Van Ness, guys, um, sorry to belabor the point, but we have to talk about something that we have to go back to round one. Um, if okay. you if you did not see this and you're listening, if you saw it, you already know what we're talking about. But if you did not see this, unfortunately, we did not discover this till after we recorded our podcast. However, uh, I think Craig brought it to my attention this morning. 
the entire video of the home camera shot of the Lucas Van Ness being drafted video, which there was a lot going on. It's a, I mean, it's a massive oh God. family. Yes. And I like, it's just like a lot going on and it's like, just, it's weird. Just watch it's, it. You have to watch it. M- much like a Marvel film. You got to stay till the very end. You know, there's a little scene at the end. It's always a little teaser. You just hang on till the end. Craig, do you want to describe what happened in this video? Um, sure. I guess, uh, Lucas Van Ness gets drafted. Um, it's like a minute, maybe 50 second video. He stands up. He's like Hugs. hugging everybody. Everyone seems so to happy. He's with, I think his brother's there. Uh, he's his, on the his phone. His sister's there. He's on the phone. His, his girlfriend is there. Mm-hmm. And at the, at the very end of the video, like the last two seconds, uh, who, who we believe to be Lucas Van Ness's father hugs Lucas's girlfriend. <laughs> and then like in the last second, just a little tap on the butt. <laughs> A little double tap. A little double I, tap, uh, a little pat-pat on the ass. I, I like, watched what? this video alone, and I actually screamed. I screamed out loud. I said it to Ivan. I said, just wait till the end. That's it. That's Dude, every tap. video these days, every video is like, just wait till the end. And it was the yeah. first one I've watched in three years where I was like, oh, my God. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, It's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at ugg.com. Can I tell you my absolute favorite pick from day two? Please do. Devon Shane to the Dolphins is the coolest thing I've ever Hell seen in my entire life. Yes. This was this yeah. was rumored a little bit pre-draft and it was kind of like, oh don't don't tease me with a good time. Like this is <laughs> this is something. The uh yeah. the Dolphins <laughs> Yeah, I almost got you with that one, Craig. And I'm I'm just thinking about DK <laughs> tweeting that photo of Molly Shannon. I love it. When they go by the vibrations <laughs> <laughs> the race guys. There's only one good thing about coming to these races, and that is the vibrations from the cars. Oh, I love this car. This bike. Oh, feel the motor. Me watching the dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the husband just like, shh. <laughs> the vibrations. I'm just red-blooded American winner. Um, the the uh, dolphins 
can score at any time on any play from anywhere. <laughs> with Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, with Jalen Waddell at wide receiver, and now with Devon A.J., a legit track star running back, they can hand the ball off or throw the football. They can do it short, and they can do it. They can throw it deep, and they can hand it off inside the tackles, and they can run screens, and they can do any single play you can think of. And that play is more likely to score seven than like the Texans in the red zone, man. Like it's just like <laughs> the amount of home run speed. Anytime an athlete on this team gets the ball in the second level, it is just danger mode, DEFCON 4, sirens going off. Like this is basketball on grass, man. I mean, this is just speed, speed, speed. Like we were just watching Kings Warriors. I can't remember how the game ends, but just the pace. <laughs> <laughs> they lost. We had just gotten Craig to laugh for the first time. Know, right? Why'd you bring it up again? Jeez, beating you oh, on down. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> Craig's like, help me Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> the speed on the Dolphins is incredible. That's That I thought was a excellent, excellent pick. And it's going to bring a very nice dimension to that Dolphins offense. It's already so, so scary. I'm all the way in on, on Dolphins stock this year. Dolphins and Falcons. <laughs> these are my teams. Austin Austin literally just tweeted at me to my reply to the, or his, he replied to the Molly Shannon tweet. Great tweet. <laughs> <laughs> like right now. Uh, I want to add one thing to the A-chain thing because I thought, uh, I saw this on Twitter. It was very interesting. You know how the Dolphins are notorious for just attacking the middle of the field with both mm-hmm. uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle on like these in-breaking routes mm-hmm. on RPOs and play action um, with defenses having to like respect that and maybe cheat a little bit on those types of plays, a chain on stretch runs and dump yeah. offs to the outside or whatever, like well, no, right. plays. If you're running leak. receivers, if you're running receivers behind linebackers and then you're also running wide zone play action. So offensive linemen are going far to the left or far to the right. That means the gaps that the, the, the linebackers are responsible for in the running game are moving towards a sideline. Well, the area in the past defense that they're responsible for is behind them. There's an inherent conflict here where right. they cannot go two directions at once. And even if they could, they couldn't do it at the speed of these players. Like well, the Dolphins I, are a terrifying offense. Can we put this in context for a second? Because I think this is worth like lingering on. Can you just on offense? Who are the fastest five people in the NFL? Like Tyree kills number one. But I want to put in context. Like in the top five is Jalen yeah. Waddle too? Like, because I feel like is it crazy to say? Is it hyperbolic to say that if Tyree kills the fastest player on offense in the NFL? That Jalen Waddle and Dev- uh, Devon A. Chain might also be in the top five. Yeah. And you know like who else is emphatically, comfortably, no question in the top five is Raheem Mostert. Guess who he plays for? <laughs> Miami Dolphins. And like, if you're like, all right, well, they already had a fast running back. Yeah. The problem with Mostert is a little bit made of glass and he's not super good between the tackles. A. Chain is so impressive between the tackles that they're able to keep Mostert, Wilson, Devon A. Chain, if they're able to keep two thirds of that running back room largely healthy over the course of the season, this team's going to be better at running the football. And that's a huge, huge, huge advantage to them in terms of protecting Tua, in terms of managing the pace of the game. I'm telling you, man, the Dolphins are going to be a really, really good program next year. I believe I, I've been just un, like unabashedly hyping up A-Chain during this draft period. And I was like, I'm probably just being stupid here because he's 188 pounds. This is probably not going to work unless... He lands with the Miami Dolphins, in which case I'm going to be stoked. I also saw uh, Chris Greer, the GM for the Dolphins, uh, said, quote, it's been about two years that we've been watching him. We brought him in on a 30 visit. We got to know him as a person. We watched film. And then probably two to three weeks ago, Mike uh, and Mike McDaniels was convicted in his love for the player we all were. They love this guy. I'm that's so how they talked about, about John Gerard, too. They watched him for a couple of years and then they brought him in. I don't think that's how you use convicted. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's, a, it's a verb. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Believes. Uh, they're, they're, they have conviction. Yeah, there it is. On him. 
Anyway, the Seahawks took a running back in the second round a year after they took a running back in the second round. Because of course they did. Zach Charbonnet, a.k.a. Zach Chardonnay, a.k.a. Zach Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, tell me why this is not a fantasy. Like, a, I don't care about the Seahawks. I, I care about fantasy football. This is a catastrophe for me personally. How do you feel as a Seahawks fan? And then how do you feel fantasy football? Like, is Ken? Do the Seahawks think Ken Walker's bad? No, I don't think so. I think... There's a lot of people that were talking about Kenneth Walker's um, boom bust nature right after this pick was made, and basically like, oh, this is this is saying that the Seahawks don't like Kenneth Walker. I don't think that's the case. I think this is always the Seahawks always feel that they want multiple guys in their offense that they can rely on. They're not going to give Kenneth Walker like 300 carries next year or whatever. That's never been their, their deal. They lost Travis Homer. Um, who else did they lose from last year's team? I forget. But like Rashad oh, Penny, yeah, Rashad go, Penny. Birds, go Birds, Go Birds, Go yeah. Birds, Go so Birds. They always but, have but you, two They guys. lost the first round running back that that was a bust, and now now they're talking about. I think Ken Walker was the second running back drafted last year, right? And now they have the third yeah, running back drafted in this draft. So, yeah, this is just who they are. This is who they are. They highly value the the running back position. They've drafted a whole bunch of top seventy five running backs in this in the time that they've been, um, you know, running the Seahawks drafts. This is just who they are. This is what they believe in. Um, I don't think it's a indictment on Kenneth Walker, but I do think it does hurt his bottom line in fantasy, obviously, because they 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 value Charbonnet enough to take him the twenty first pick in the second round. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough situation for fantasy. I don't think Kenneth Walker is now useless, but it does hurt his bottom line. Yeah, well, here's the thing. While you were doing that, the Giants um, fixed all their problems. I don't know if you heard. The Giants are fixed. They're going to. Giants are the having a solid East. draft. I like the giant. I like the Giants draft. What are you What are you talking about specifically, Hyphens? What do you like? Uh, literally everything they did. I Solak just if you can just spare me for a moment of just having like four of the eleven players on the Georgia defense. Uh, the Giants <laughs> basically have just this is as a Giants fan just the most thrilling. It's not like anything flash or anything, but they just perfectly aligned everything they needed and was terrible on their roster with like value. Like they get Deontay Banks, the cornerback from Maryland. Like again, they made the playoffs and the problem with that is that you might draft worse they would have taken Deontay Banks I think if they were picking 10 spots earlier in the first round and then they got John Michael Schmitz who I like the best or second best center in the entire draft just falls to them Mm -hmm. in the second round and then they get Jalen Hyatt the receiver from Tennessee that we thought was a fringe first rounder they just get him in the third rounder and they're like that's everything they that's everything they don't have I it's just oh my god this is just absolutely thrilling they're still kind of a bad team but it doesn't matter because now they're good not to throw water, cold water on this, because I really do like these picks, but how who's gonna play? They're they're all slot receivers. Jalen Hyatt is very fast, but he's also a slot receiver. Uh I love that the Giants are just going the all slot team. But it is an awesome value because like like Hyatt said, Jalen Hyatt I thought was gonna be a first round pick. I'm sure I mocked Jalen Hyatt to the Giants at one point in the first round during this this draft period. Um he got gassed up a little bit too much, but he he was the Belitnikov winner. He scored fifteen touchdowns, I wanna say, this last mm-hmm. season including five against Alabama. They just had no answer for, you know, for what he could do stretching the field. This He's is a got great five pick. against the Georgia defense for Philadelphia now. Yeah, so I, I like this pick a lot. I love John Michael Schmitz. I was a little annoyed at the Seahawks for taking Charbonnet and then losing John Michael Schmitz. Uh, I'll be totally honest with you. And so, yeah, I think they're having a great draft. Yeah, Hi, which, which Giants receiver is going to have the most catches this season? <laughs> All the Giants' problems are solved, as Heifetz said. Yeah. Now, who's the leading receiver? <laughs> receiver? What, when you say receiver, I think of their receiver as three of their injury-prone slot receivers together in a trench coat equals one guy, right? Okay. So right. it's like Darryl so Waller, Waller, Paris Campbell, 
Wandale Robbins. You know, if you put all these guys together into one player, that guy will lead the NFL in every category. Gosh, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are about to press every single one of these individuals into the sideline. I think the Giants have the weirdest receiving core I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually don't know what their plan is if these guys are all healthy. Have you seen the Texans receiving core? Uh, yeah, at least it's just straight up bad, though. The, the Giants have like <laughs> that's true. Seven that's true. Fine receivers, and they're all the same. Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Wandell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, Jameson, Jameson Crowder, Crowder yep. David Sills the fifth, who apparently Giants fans love. I can just see Brian Dable. I can just see Brian Dable taking a rip of his vape pen, which he got on camera, by the way, after they drafted <laughs> John Michael Schmitz and going, Hell yeah. listen, if I put five receivers on the field, there's basically three slots, and so I can get all three of my slot receivers on the field. That's how math works, right? I honestly uh, don't know how these people play together because Isaiah Hodgins is like the biggest of these people with like Darren Waller. I, I, you I know what? It's, I, we'll can Paris Campbell, can Paris Campbell could probably play on the outside, right? Like he's I think, I pretty think, big. I think your optimal is your X is Isaiah Hodgins, your Z is Jalen Hyatt. Is Darius Slayton still there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you just said the optimal is the X's. You said Isaiah Hodgins, who is the practice squad guy they scooped up in November. Yeah, but he's good. I like Isaiah. And then Jalen Hyatt <laughs> slash Darius Slayton is your Z. And then... Uh, Wandale running back. Wandale is your, I think your slot, right? You draft him like top fifty, and then Parrish Campbell is your backup slot, and Sterling Shepard is your starting slot when he's healthy. Also your backup slot, and uh, who is the fourth slot receiver that they have? Did you say Jameson Crowder? Crowder Jameson Crowder is your second backup. What slot they should on the do is side. they should load management their wide receivers. Mm -hmm. They should be the first team to try this, <laughs> where they just like have a rotating list, it's like in hockey yeah. with like the lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. every yeah. game is yeah. just like a oh, different shit. set. <laughs> they could totally do hockey every lines quarter is just like shuffling in new guys fresh that's legs cool. that's, how, that's how the air raid works the air raid like in college where they have like 110 scholarship kids they'll just bring a bunch of wide receivers in and they'll have guys they just put out there to make the corners run really far and then they'll get the actual starting receiver back in when the corner's tired and then he'll outrun him for a touchdown yeah you'll, you'll be the first like wide receiving core that has like rotations yeah. And you're like, man, I hate this Paris Campbell, Wandale Robinson, Jamison Crowder rotation. <laughs> they need to sub that out for the Hyatt Campbell Hodgins yeah. rotation. <laughs> Giants are just light years ahead of everyone. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, Austin. Austin Gale is here with us in studio, which is an honor and a privilege. Hop on mic, kid. Austin. Hello, here he is. Uh, I don't even know how to explain how you've helped our podcast, but I'm just going to skip to you're a, you're a tortured Raiders he fan. He suggested we do say. all the sex talk. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was his idea. Yeah. I'm pulling the strings behind the For the, the SEO. <laughs> sex sells. Uh, Austin, I would like to know how you feel so about two things. One, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end, falls to the Las Vegas Raiders. But more importantly, I think that the Raiders are literally the hottest team in the league. And I don't mean like the cool team. I mean, between Jimmy Garoppolo Michael Mayer and the dude Tyree Wilson you got in the first round. Like you have a, like you're a hot team. Uh Austin is a Raiders fan for context. I don't know if that was stated. <laughs> no, Austin's here for the sex, not for the Raiders. Yes. That's why we're talking about how hot the Raiders are. Sex He's sells. just a fan of Vegas in general. Yeah. Sex sells, as we know. Michael Mayer, immediately one of the hottest dudes in Vegas. I think that's always a high value. Uh I, I, he was my favorite pick of the class. I was not as high on Tyree Wilson. I feel like I worry about the age, the foot injury. The production, etc. Um, would have rather gotten Jalen Carter there. I heard he's on the Eagles. Go <laughs> birds. No, but I mean, in terms of making your roster hotter, I think the Michael Mayer pick is a slam dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add something on Zach Charbonnet? I didn't get to because yeah, he went right yeah. into the Giants. It's not actually a meaningful. Is he analysis. hot too? Uh, maybe we'll look into it. Uh, 
the Seahawks released, I'm on it. I'm on it. The Seahawks released the video of him being drafted, and mm-hmm. he made John Schneider was like, "Dude, we're so excited to have you. A great place to die. You're just like a Seahawk." And then he goes, "You know, we we run the crud out of the ball up here." And I was like, "Yes, you do, John Schneider. <laughs> you they, do run the crud out are, of the ball they are up here. Who they are, and they're What's, not changing. How how should I feel about my boy Ken Walker now? Bad. I think Good. N- not excited, but not bad." Okay. He's still, still going to get a lot of volume. They're going to run the ball a lot. J.J. Zacharyson tweeted, Kenneth Walker had the worst success rate in football last year among 100-plus attempt running backs. Right. That, that's what I'm talking about in terms of as soon as Charbonnet was picked, a lot of people were like, oh, this is a huge indictment on Kenneth Walker because he was very boom-bust. If you look at the stats, like the success rate, he was either tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage or tackled for what's not like a successful run, which is... Define whatever. I'm not going to get like into above that. above expected. You're right. Finishing. Well, it's like a first round run is successful. It's over four yards or whatever. Like this, there's yeah, a success rate. It's like 50% of the yards on second down. Yeah. Or like 40% of first down. Yeah. It's complicated. It doesn't matter. But he was he was basically a boomer bust runner. He would either create like a huge explosive play or he'd get hit at the line and knocked down or whatever. And so um, he was one of the worst in terms of his overall success rate. So I think there's people reading into that. I really personally don't think this has anything to do with him. I just think they are obsessed with stacking running backs and t- picking these guys. So he's still going to get a lot of volume. He's still going to create explosive plays. He's still going to score touchdowns. And honestly, if the Seahawks offense is as good as I think it can be, they're going to be more efficient this year. So it'll all be good for everyone. But obviously, this isn't like a rocket ship situation for Kenneth Walker. Yeah. It's always a buzzkill when a running back you like finally gets like the the sole job, and then they draft a guy, and you're like, great. The running back, the running back uh, position in dynasty is a fucking mess. Like Bijan is the number one running back in dynasty right now, and Jameer Gibbs is probably in the top seven or something like that one, at this point. One oh two, Devon A. Chain. Oh, I love him. Love yeah. him. Get the vibrations. <laughs> I was laughing about that for like twenty minutes after we finished the conversation. <laughs> And the way she grabs, <laughs> she grabs the table. It's Molly so rules. All right, any other um, vibrations you guys want to hit or you want to get out of here? Uh, Colts, good job. Josh Downs. Jags, bad job. What are you doing? Chiefs, kind of weird, but I get it. Um, Patriots, drafting only Patriots guys. Weird defensive players who nobody thought were going to go there. That makes sense. Steelers, incredible. Niners drafted a kicker and a bad tight end. Just the Niners burning draft after draft after draft and being good is funny to me. Good job, Bills. Good job, Ravens. Uh, I also want to shout out a question. Where were you guys in April of 2016? Remember that? Remember April of 2016? Where were you I was in Chicago watching the Eagles draft Carson Wentz. I was was, in college probably not watching the draft. I don't know. I probably was. That was the last time the Rams picked in the top 50 until today. Wow. Steve Avila. Groundbreaker. Guard. <laughs> guard. Left guard. <laughs> Congrats. I just think it's funny how many American events have transpired in the time which the Rams just like basically picked in the first round. I mean, we've been through some shit in the last yeah. whatever years. Like Trump was president and then lost and then might win again. <laughs> Before they take another <laughs> non-guard. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening. We have another episode dropping Saturday after the draft or whole recap and that will be Solex's last episode with us and we're gonna go back to Ringer Fantasy Football Show he's staying with the Ringer thank he's, you he's still a Ringer employee he's just leaving the Fantasy Pod bye well he's leaving because we're restarting the Fantasy I'll Pod I'll go yeah. away from being a host and to being a loyal listener I got Dynasty Drafts coming up man <laughs> don't take fucking Kenneth Walker <laughs> that's all I can say 
Rebooting fantasyfootball.therino.com next week with their rankings. We're going over top 20 dynasty landing spots, regular rookie landing spots, all that jazz. Stick with us. And again, draft recap of the whole weekend, whole draft coming up later this weekend. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Um, thank you to whoever revealed that, pointed out this Lucas Venice video uh, and shared it with the world. Thank you for whoever captured that. Thank you, Lauren. 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 Thank you, Motley Crew. Nice. Wait, did they perform at the draft with Fall Out Boy? They were one of the bands. It was Fall Out Boy, Motley Crew, and then the other jazz guy whose name I can't remember. Oh, uh, Thundercat. Thundercat. Ethan Hawke was at the draft with Fall Out Boy? <sighs> no. It was probably just voiceover. No, they couldn't pay him enough to make the trip. Actually, it was from a movie, technically, which we didn't yeah, realize. Yeah, from Reality Bites, which I've seen. I, I, I did miss that, though. So that's on <laughs> me. Disappointing. Yeah. Motley Crue, though. Shouts out Nikki Six. That's the only guy I can name in that name. <laughs> What's his real name? Uh, who no, no one knows. I don't think. <laughs> Dua Lipa. <laughs> Oh, we were talking. Someone emailed us to say Dua Lipa's real name is Dua Lipa. Yeah, I, I, I need some. If anybody knows what's going on, usually, when, <laughs> usually when you're on Wikipedia, on the right side, there's like a, there's like a kind of a, like a, a, a separate bio section, and it usually says the person's name next to born, born Craig Lewis Horlbeck. It doesn't say anything next to Dua Lipa. Well, I think, I think there's a reason for that. I think that she is of uh, something like either Albanian descent or. Something in like Eastern Europe, and her parents were like, <laughs> "Austin's losing his shit." Right he now. is correct. He is correct. Uh, what, just because I know a lot of like, this Lipa? is the good content. Is that right why here? he is of Albanian and Yugoslavian descent? Kosovo. Oh my god! It's yeah, so it's Kosovo. funny that the draft process is so much oriented on getting bios of these guys, and we never do it on this pod. We're never like Jack Campbell, whose father was a this, and he has three brothers and everything. But when it comes to Dua Lipa, we're like, well, she's Albanian and Yugoslavia. <laughs> right. Obviously. It says her her name means love in Albania. The name means love. I guess. Wow. I, who knows what's real? This is real half-assed internet research right here. Hmm. Did you know that Brett Michaels' full name is Brett Michael Sychak? A.K.A. Brett Michael S. A.K.A. Brett Michaels. No, that's it. That's all. I'm just kind of deep in Dua Lipa. (laughs) (laughs) Phrasing. Don't cut that. (laughs) Phrasing. Jesus. (laughs) Are we not doing phrasing anymore? So who are the best prospects left for day three? Uh, Adabare, baby. Keely Ringo. Ringo. Dewan Jones. Oh, yeah, he's day three guy. Remember how he quit at the senior bowl after one day? Yeah, maybe he actually was injured. Might have been, yeah. Clark Phillips? Love Clark Phillips? Nothing, that's all? Seems to be her real name. We even already did the thank you, so we can't even go back and do that. (laughs) We'll pick up tomorrow. Perfect. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. 
Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.